You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 108 of Take a Vow. I'm your host, Eli Tokash, and we have an amazing, amazing, amazing episode coming at you all this week. We literally have a Broadway... I, I, can, I feel like you can put him in the icon category. I mean, he, he's by far an icon in, a, in the character performance category, I guess you could say. Um, he's a character actor. He has been in nine Broadway shows. The next one's going to be the big number 1010. And uh, he has two Tony Awards attached to his name. He is none other than Brad Oscar. We have an amazing chat, and it's kind of different than any other um, chapter we've had on the podcast. The conversation totally flowed. We talked about some of the big Broadway news that came out this week that I will address in a second. Um, and uh, yeah, it's going to be amazing. And to hear another um, kind of perspective on that was awesome. It really felt like it was like me and a co-host for this week's episode. It was not like I was hosting a guest or anything. It was really, really cool. He and I kind of mutually agreed that we he will come back on and we will talk about the rest of his career because there's just so much to talk about. And we both said that we we kind of just got off topic just talking to each other and, and kind of bouncing ideas and topics off of each other. So it was great. It was a fun episode. You guys are all really going to love it. But before I share it with you, let's talk about some Broadway news, shall we? Big Broadway news this week. There were um, two things that really kind of caught my attention in particular, and of course, uh, theater community all around the world. Uh, that's for sure. Um, the biggest one, I would probably... Okay, not the biggest one, but the biggest shock maybe in my eyes, you all, y'all can disagree, is what I'll start with. It was announced this week that Company is going to be closing on Broadway. Yes, Company. The one I haven't, like, I don't know if a week's gone by where, actually, I do know that there's been a week that's gone by where I haven't talked about it. But, like, it seems like I mentioned it so much because I'm, like, actually obsessed with it. And there seems to always be news coming out of it just with the people in the cast. It's just so brilliant um great people great performers all of that fun stuff and uh obviously they did amazing at the tony awards so i don't know what's going on here um they they just won best revival but yes guys company is closing on july 31st shock is an understatement okay shocked for me is like i'm i'm i don't know like it totally was not expecting it after winning Best Revival, Matt Doyle just won a Tony, and usually, I mean, Brad and I talk about it, Tonys are not everything, however, 
they do kind of imply the success that the show is going to have in the box office. Um, if you are not nominated for a Tony, it doesn't mean it's a complete flop. Um, Finding Neverland is a prime example. I lived through it. There were political reasons behind that. Uh, Funny Girl was not nominated for the revival or anything, but I still really enjoyed that. Um, You know, it it doesn't, it's not everything. And Brad definitely made that clear, but it it helps in, in having success at the Tony Awards because that's kind of a night where Broadway is talked about and recognized the the most and to the biggest audience. So um, if if you win a lot of awards, people are going to be like, well, we should probably go check that out. I can't imagine Matt Doyle and Max Clayton. I mentioned those two. Obviously, Max Clayton is in Music Man. However, uh, they've just had an insane week because first of all, Matt Doyle won the tony and then mac clayton played the whole week as harold hill um in the music man and then they found out that uh company is closing so they're absolutely on a high one week and an unfortunate news uh the next week so my heart goes out to all of them to be honest all of the cast members in in this production of company i really think that it was a show that uh could have had a longer run. I think that a, I'm going to, oh my God, I'm literally saying everything that Brad and I talk about, um, but it's fine. Um, I think that there should always be a Stephen Sondheim musical on Broadway. So uh, sad that it's closing. Glad that Into the Woods is coming. Um, and yeah, so it, it's just, it's interesting. It's, I don't know. I am flabbergasted and I may be the only one and that's okay. But I, I am, I must say, I'm shocked. I'm very surprised, and it'll be interesting to see uh, what's coming next because there has been a lot of talk about, um, you know, what's next for Broadway and what kind of shows are trying to come and all of that. So uh, it'll be interesting. There seems to be a lot of iconic shows closing, and I'm excited to see what the next wave of Broadway is because this season it was a good start. It was a good start to create this new wave of Broadway, and I think that. Uh, it was a pretty great year, and I'm excited to see see what's next. So the other piece of shocking news, <laughs> and it's a piece of news that I don't, um, I don't even know how to approach. It's it's very hard. Um, Broadway announced that they will become mask optional. They will make the audiences become mask optional starting July first. There are so many issues <laughs> with that. Um, again, blown away. Understand where they're coming from. I mean, the Broadway League is thinking of it from a business perspective, and I get it. They need to do something. Obviously, all of these shows are struggling, and the shows that should not be closing are closing, are closing um, because simply they cannot uh, sustain the uh the production because they're not bringing in enough money to run the show and uh completely understand that so they're trying to figure out how to continue to get audience members in it however i think in doing this it also turns audience members away because not only are you making the mask mandate optional you've also taken the vaccine mandate out of it and i just think that having a non-vaccinated person unmasked in a room with um, 
other people who are unmasked and performers that could potentially not be working for 10 days is a lot. Like it's a lot for me to process because if one of those performers happen to contract it or someone in the audience happens to contract it, it leads to a whole can of worms and it's not, uh, it's, it's not going to be sustainable. I truly believe that shows are closing like shows are taking days come from away literally closed this week uh, for a performance or two because of COVID-19. And this is in a world where um, masks are currently required. So without the masks, shows are going to close nonstop for for a couple of shows until they make sure that the contact tracing and everything is clear and, and safe to do the show. So, I don't know. I just feel like we're opening a whole can of worms. And I, I think that I, I think that they the fact that they didn't consult with the actors is absolutely bonkers. Um I, I, I don't know. I don't know how they were able to just make the decision. It was a shock to all actors. I follow a lot of actors on social media because that's who my the majority of my friends are are like actors and not so much business people in the industry. So I, I don't understand their perspective quite yet because I don't know enough about it. Um, however, it caused an uproar from us performers, and in my opinion, it I understand it, and um, I think it's going to be difficult, and I think that it puts performers in an awkward situation, especially, especially the understudies and the standbys and the swings, because their job is to literally not get sick so that the show can continue to run. Well, now... I mean, they're literally isolating themselves. So, so literally, they go to the theater and then they have to come run back home and lock themselves up. Essentially, I mean, they they are doing everything that they can to not get sick because that is their job. So now you're inviting them to to be in a room with unmasked, unvaccinated people, and I just think that it's it's crazy to me. I'm sorry. I'm rambling, but it, it's true. And then you have these arguments. I'm um, one last thing. And then you have these arguments where it's like, oh, well, the big businesses and everything, they're all like mask optional in the offices and everything. Well, sure. But I'm pretty sure they're vaccine required. And if it's, if you have a religious exemption, that's probably the only exemption that's probably the only case that you're allowed to not get the vaccine so now you're taking the vaccine mandate away and then you're taking the unmasked thing i don't think many people in offices are doing that and now you're in you can be inviting up to a thousand people into a theater that are unvaccinated and unmasked i don't like to talk about politics on here and i know i'm starting to get down that road i'm sorry but i it just it's been a lot. It's been a lot. And the more I read from the people that I see on social media and everything, the more frustrated I get because I see new uh, added reasons of why it, it shouldn't happen. Um, just it's crazy. It's craziness. And and there's so much I could say. I don't want to be controversial or political or anything because uh, that's not what this podcast is about, but it's just, it's craziness. So what I will say is if you go to the theater, please, please, please consider wearing your mask, please. Not, not for just for you because other people could be around you that are the same thing and you could potentially get sick. Not just for you, not just for your families, but for also everybody else in the room. I know that it's optional and I know that 
if you have a hard time breathing with the mask, totally understand all the things. Just consider it. That's all I'll say. Um, now for some happy news, because I, I feel like I'm getting sad. Um, hopefully you guys are, are bearing with me here. Um, I have some great news for Take a Bow. Um, I hope that all of you listening are theater fans, and um, I can assume that you all are. So I can assume that you all know about Broadway Con, which is a basically the Comic Con for Broadway. It's a big weekend event uh, that uh, it's a big weekend event that celebrates the Broadway community and the Broadway shows and all of that. It really lets people be themselves and be characters i guess like literally live in their dream role for a day with like cosplay and stuff so broadway con very exciting this is happening july 8th through july 10th and i'm happy to announce that i'm going to be there all three days from july 8th and to july 10th i will be at the broadway podcast network booth and i will be at the broadway star project booth i'm sure and i will be uh i'll be participating in a lot of little places i'll keep you all posted on where i am on social media um i do have an announcement that i have any very 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 exciting guest that i'm actually going to be recording live at broadway con on a panel um so we will have a private room we will be doing a live event at Broadway Con, please, please, please come to our room. Come check it out. Watch this live recording. It's with a very, very special guest that I cannot announce until Broadway Con announces it. Um, but it, it's a it's a wonderful guest, and you all will be really, really pleased. Um, you know them, you love them, and that's all I'm gonna say. And um, yeah, just so excited. So stick around for that. That's happening July 10th at Sunday. Um, I believe it's one p.m. to 2 p.m. So stop by. It's it's probably going to be 45 minutes to an hour. And then, of course, afterwards, we'll chat. Our guests with, can chat with you, take pictures, whatever. It's going to be awesome. So please, please, please stop by Sunday. But I'll also be there uh, all, all weekend. So come say hi. Thanks. Um, all right, moving on. Mrs. Doubtfire released their cast recording this week which is very very exciting and it's also the reason that i had brad oscar on this week and kind of what inspired me to reach out to him this week to to chat about this cast recording and about this second life that doubtfire is about to have due to the cast recording and kind of the importance of a cast album and everything like that so very exciting stuff if you haven't yet already check it out highly recommend love all the songs specifically there's this duet um, called Just Pretend, and it's between Annalise Garpacci and Rob McClure. Kid you not, it's amazing. It's literally, it may be my favorite song the whole of the whole show. And yes, I may be biased because you all know that I'm a huge Annalise Scarpacci stan, and that's okay. She's a friend. I have to support, um, but it's just so good. And then, of course, You've Been Playing With Fire is another one that I highly recommend. Um, what the hell? It's There's so many great ones. So go check it out. I promise you won't be uh, disappointed. For those of you especially who were like, oh, I don't know how Mrs. Doubtfire could be a musical, just listen to the songs because it's really just about love and community and all the things. So it's gonna it's a, it's a feel good album and uh, 
it's a great album to listen to. And hopefully our conversation that Brad and I have kind of inspire you to, to do it a little bit more. Speaking of current events and current Broadway news, it was announced after Brad and I spoke that he will actually be appearing as Max in The Sound of Music in concert uh, in Aspen, Colorado with Christy Altimore, Brandon Victor Dixon, and a stellar cast directed by Mark Bruni, who has been a big name on this podcast as he directed me and Trevor and, of course, Off-Broadway, and he has a Tony nominee for Beautiful and everything like that. Um, So awesome, awesome stuff going on with Brad. I can't believe we weren't able to talk about it. I'm shocked he didn't mention anything, but it's totally okay. Congratulations to him and all involved in that. That's going to be an awesome, awesome production. So, uh, yeah. Let's turn it over to Brad Oscar because he's about to get you really excited about Doubtfire and just about you're just going to become a bigger Brad Oscar fan because I know you all are fans of him anyway. So without further ado, Brad Oscar, curtain up. Okay, so this week we have a Broadway icon on the podcast. This special guest has literally been in nine Broadway shows. He's earned two Tony Award nominations and was most recently seen at the Stephen Sondheim Theater in Mrs. Doubtfire. I promise you he's been at least he's been in at least one of your favorite musicals in some capacity, whether whether it was on Broadway, regionally, wherever. Uh, so welcome to Take a Bow, Brad Oscar. So I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. It's so fun. I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks. So uh, the way I usually like to start my podcast is asking people how they got started in this industry and kind of what inspired them to be to want to be a performer and then to tell stories. Yeah. Um, Well, I was introduced to it at an early age because um, both my parents loved going to the theater and did some community theater. Um, loved, you know, musicals. And I grew up in Washington, D.C. So they had the opportunity and then I had, we had the opportunity to um, see a lot of theater, to see theater that would try out in D.C. before, you know, these shows would come to Broadway. So so my folks were, you know, into that as, as you know, they saw the original Hello, Dolly pre-Broadway and Promises, Promises. And, you know, so that's pretty cool. So I, I come by it honestly in that way. And so anyway, having it introduced into my life uh, in that way at an early age, whether through the albums at home and then when they started taking me to live theater and it just, you know, I was bit from such an early age. It's so funny because it was always, you know, it starts off, you're a kid and you enjoy either seeing and or doing and then both and listening to the cast albums and everything. And then as soon as I actually started to do some acting as a kid and summer stuff and whatever, it just there was never any question that it's what I wanted to do. And I just felt like, you know, hopefully it was what I was born to do because I loved it so much. It would have right. really sucked, you know, but but um, but, you know, and then again, having supportive parents who who got it, even though, of course, they got it in a way that they knew that the business could could suck in that way. So, you know, what I mean, so they were realistic about it as well. Right. But, uh, but nonetheless, very supportive. And um, so, yeah, I started, you know, I mean, very traditional as far as that goes, doing shows as, as a kid, okay. finding, you know, uh, uh, there was this amazing theater department for kids at the Jewish Community Center in Rockville, Maryland, where I grew up. Oh my up. gosh. And I'm telling you, we, we do a summer musical every year. There was a program for that. And then during the year, 
like real acting and voice classes. It was wild. And I learned stuff, you know, at the age of like 13, 14, 15 there that I would then go to when I would go to BU to Boston University. You know, I'm like, oh, I, I, I've, I yes, I know the Linklater technique. I've been introduced. Yeah. So, you know, to have that random exposure to stuff like that at that age was really cool. I did a production of The Skin of Our Teeth which is why I was so excited to see this current revival because I have not seen a full production of a very difficult play. Um, yeah. But, uh, and I can't imagine what our production actually was like. Can you imagine you're <laughs> doing it the skin of our teeth? But no. um, nonetheless, I, I, I've always loved the play because I understood the play for better or worse. You know, I had, a, I had an understanding of what we were doing at the time. Right. So um, anyway, I had exposures like that as a kid that were, you know, paramount in, in my in my training, my early training, a voice yeah. teacher who to this day I, I I revere and is alive and well outside of Detroit. And she instilled in me, um, you know, a technique that has has served me very well. And, you know, again, so, you know, a lot of the randomness and luckiness of, you know, of, of that happening. So, um, yeah. OK, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Incredible. Yeah. So how did you, so you obviously grew up in Maryland then, so, mm -hmm. or was it like DC area? I, I would say DC, but my parents are DC natives, but I was born oh, okay. across the border down Connecticut Avenue in Rockville, <laughs> Maryland. Oh my God. So what brought you to New York? Was it so that you could start performing and have a career on Broadway? Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, so then, okay. So my folks, again, theater goers who would come to New York and saw, mm -hmm. you know, the original Follies. And so when they, when I was about, uh, again, 13, 14 ish, we started coming up for the weekend and seeing like four shows. So wow. it became like fantasy land. It became like, oh my God, I still can't believe I, I actually live in midtown Manhattan and I still, for the most part, you know, it's compromised, but let me tell you, uh, uh, yeah, there's something about it that I still love. And, um, so yeah, so I would start seeing Broadway shows and then coming up for the, and those weekends were just, you know, I, my God, I look forward to them like nothing else. Right. Um, so yes. So again, I always, you know, I didn't necessarily, uh, when it was time to start looking at schools, colleges, um, I wasn't necessarily desperate to come to the city to go to school. I, I sort of felt like it would probably be smart to spend some time elsewhere and not come right here to everything I was desiring. So, so passionately, sure. even then I could sort of see maybe it was, you know, so, uh, so I did end up, you know, spending four years in Boston. It's not like I was that far away. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but I always knew that I wanted Amazing. ideally to, to be here and to, to work in this industry. So yeah, it's why, you know, again, I still pinch myself. I don't take yeah. any of this for granted. It's so random. And I'm, I'm, yeah, you know, I've been very blessed in that way. 
Well, I'm curious to ask you, like, for someone that's been in the industry for so long, literally since you've been a kid, you know, um, you've had all these productions like The Skin of Our Teeth. You were in a special event performance of Funny Girl and all that. So, like, I'm curious, these shows that you were in and that you're so familiar with, even, like, a few years ago, seeing Mm -hmm. them on Broadway now being revived in, in a new completely different world that we're in in 2022 Mm -hmm. what is it like to like revisit a show and like see that oh my god it has this new perspective due to the current events that are going on right now well i mean you know look that's at the the end of the day it's live live theater right that's what's so great about what we do in this part so it's so it's live and so right in that way that it is always going to reflect the moment so right Mm -hmm. um yes so certain pieces of art, certainly great art can stand up, you know, to interpretation, you know, and, and, and should be looked at anew, I guess. I mean, look, there's so much going on right now. It's, it's, it's a little, it's a little overwhelming in the sense that, you know, ideally, yes, we're going to have opportunities for voices to be heard for, Mm. for new stories to be told. I, I don't think, you know, old stories yes you know what i mean but but new stories as well and and old voices that perhaps were not heard i mean the idea that you know trouble in mind came to broadway this year this alice children's play that had been you know the history of that and her that we don't really even know so much about that now we know so let's see more of her work let's see more of the undiscovered voice the voices that we weren't able to that were not amplified um right so yes that and reinterpretation but yeah, new voices, new stories moving forward. Um, you know, ideally, yes, with us all telling the, you know, with us all on board this, um, again, I think live theater is a very unique and individual thing because uh, we share it together like no other experience. Film and TV is a very different experience for a performer, but also for the entire team, you know? Sure. Theater, everyone comes together for three hours, however long it is, from half hour to, I mean, the crew is there at 6.30, you know, <laughs> you know. But what I'm saying is everybody, and then the audience comes in. So then for two and a half hours, everyone in that building, from front to back to dit, 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 to window to, to top to bottom, yeah. is there for one purpose, sharing the same, you know, going through, experiencing the same story, whatever. And, and that's <laughs> what's so special and unique about live theater. And that's why... Yeah, we've all got, you know, again, all these stories that, that to be told and hopefully opportunities to, yeah, and to reexamine and take something like company, you know, which, yes. which for better or worse, you know, uh, reexamines the piece in ways that, that points up other things and shows other and, and is, you know, a, a, a way for new audiences too to discover. Right. You know, I'm always, <laughs> it's so funny, I'm old. So when people are like, <laughs> I can't imagine it with a man in the lead, I'm yes. like, oh my God. So, you know, but it's but how wonderful, right? That, it, that it's living in that way. <laughs> absolutely. It's hilarious because that's been a popular conversation, particularly with me on this podcast with oh, older guests. So Cause I'm like, I've never seen it with the right. man. Like I exactly. don't know it any other way. Exactly. Uh, exactly. But it's fascinating. Yeah, it's yeah. cool to yeah. have that kind of, sure. I don't know. I guess that new perspective and the visibility of you know you can change it it doesn't have to be locked in even though it's already been exactly. successful you well know? it made it much easier for you 
to absorb and to 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 take on, if you will, the, that conceptual product or whatever, because you had no preconceived notions in that way. Exactly. Whereas I was dragged in many ways, kicking and screaming at times because I was like, <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. But you know, but that's you know that's part of the deal. But that's terrific. I, I had one of the best pieces of advice I ever got. For some reason, I guess it it applies to this, and it was actually given to me um, by a, a dresser when I was not I wasn't feeling well. I vocally whatever. I just knew my performance wasn't just up to snuff or up to what I wanted to be. And, you know, it's so hard again, eight times a week. And when you're, when you're not at, you know, so anyway, absolutely. It says to me, the audience makes sense of what they see. They don't mm. know what it's supposed to be. They don't have a preconceived idea of what I'm going to sound like or do. So, you know, again, and I was just able, and I thought, well, okay, I'm going to go out there and write, do all I can do. And, and I bet that's probably, although I won't feel like it's enough. I bet it's going to, you know, ideally or whatever, but again, right. the idea that we, you know, we make sense of what we see. So if you've never seen company with a man, you, 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 why wouldn't it be about a woman whose biological clock is ticking, even exactly. though the initial sound of the album is a busy signal? But nobody really <laughs> gets a busy signal anymore, do they? So right. <laughs> it goes right it's, to voicemail. <laughs> yes, it's fascinating. Isn't no more. It? Eh, eh, <laughs> eh, Bobby. Right. Oh, yes. Now her clock is ticking. So, exactly. you know, it's a choice. Hey, it's a choice. Oh my God. I think every Stephen Sondheim musical should be running on Broadway at every moment, every night. So I Amen. have no issues, baby. Yeah, exactly. It's amazing. Oh my God. Uh, I'm hearing Sweeney Todd maybe coming back. I'm, that may be like a rumor, but that's I, like, I, you know, talk please. I, I was blessed enough to, it's the one time I got to actually sort of work. I say work in quotes because I was just in his presence for yeah. you know bits of time in rehearsals and previews. Uh, but, but the master himself, Steve, uh, as you had to call him, if you Steve. addressed him, it would work. So anyway, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that piece, talk about a reinterpretation. I mean, geez, yes. please, that was, that was Incredible. ridiculous. Scared the hell out of me when I heard about it. Cause as an actor, it's like the last thing I want to do is be in the, with the audience. I'm like, no, no, fourth wall, fourth wall. Right. But, um, but man, it worked. Oh, it wor I mean, it, you know, again, yeah, it's, it's yes, different, but man, it was scary and fun. Yeah. And he loved it. He, yes. my God, he came so much. And he was right yeah. there. It was, you know, this environmental production of people don't know about it, you know, literally in a pie shop, people sitting at tables. So there was Steve oh. at one of the, you know, various places throughout the pie shop during the run when he would come. And, you know, I love that. It was, uh, yeah, it was absolutely joyous. He, he loved, he loved seeing his, his pieces rediscovered like this and reinterpreted and, yeah. and, and, you know, and discovered by new audiences and stuff. I mean, you know, he, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the work is extraordinary. It's crazy. Oh my God. It's so good. Yeah. And speaking of Steve, as you, you just were in his theater for like, yeah. kind of like three years, but like three years, which actually distilled came down to about three weeks. No. Right. Um, yeah. Um, but, yes. But I mean, how cool is that? First, yeah. like, you know, you work with him, and then you're at his theater doing a different musical that yeah. you know, right? Um, and, and this show, the Mrs. Doubtfire, it's going to be remembered in so many ways. Obviously, it's an amazing show about family and community yeah. and love, and it's brilliant. And then, of course, you have the other end where it's going to be remembered for all of the craziness that kind of happened due to COVID and the obstacles Indeed. that you had to face. Yeah. I'm sure that experience yeah. for you was 
unlike any other. Like, what was yeah. that journey like? Oh gosh, you? you know, it's funny. I'm still a little numb because we yeah. we stopped and started so many times. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious in a way. I'm just sort of like I know part of <laughs> me is waiting for it to start again because right. literally we had you know full on what four stops and starts if you include our out of town trial in Seattle. Um, Why so starts and stops rather? Sorry. Uh, so anyway. Um, um, gee, what was the question? See, I'm numb. It, it, no, it, 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 look, as far as looking at it now, looking back on the experience, knowing that mm-hmm. the Broadway run of Doubtfire has concluded that the show mm-hmm. was not a success as far as that goes, will be categorized as such because that's how we look at, show, you know, in the, in, when you're looking at a show that way, as far as right. success and or failure, Tony nominations and or being snubbed, uh, <laughs> that's how you, you know, in, it's the business side of, of what we do. Flip side is the show we did at the Stephen Sondheim Theater eight times a week when we got to do it eight times a week uh, that audiences responded to, embraced, love. That you can't manufacture that. I don't think it's, you know, audiences don't fake you out. They tell you how right. they feel. Um, you know, the company that, that, that we, that they assembled, um, uh, Rob McClure, who I can't say enough about as a performer, as a person, as a leader, um, you know, most importantly, the, the recording is now alive and well and living, uh, uh, in your, uh, on your iPhone or wherever you listen to, wherever you choose Mm -hmm. to listen to music these days. (laughs) And as we know, the recording of a musical is paramount to it having a life after Broadway because shows that end up not getting recorded have a much harder time having a life because it's much harder to, you know, get the exposure to obviously, as we know, musical, it's scores, it's main calling card. So um, for instance, the sadly, the last, my, my last not so successful show on the great white way, big fish, uh, Mm. which was another, you know, big disappointment in so many ways. But a gorgeous score, a beautiful show, we thankfully recorded. And Big Fish is done all the time in many places, which brings me such joy to know that, that, you know, that it lives on. Um, Here's a title, obviously, with even more name recognition, uh, Doubtfire. And, (laughs) you know, so I, I, you know, the show's going to have, well, first of all, professionally, it's going to have a life over in London, uh, mm-hmm. uh, outside of later this year and uh, a national tour, which I believe will go out next year. And, you know, and then, you know, so it's not going to, you know, it won't disappear and people will now get to listen right. to the score and hear some of what was going on and some of the joy and, and, you know, genius of, of some of the interpretive stuff, the way they, you know, again, musicalized the piece. Right. Uh, so, yeah. I'm, I'm, yes, I'm really happy that that's there, of course, because it's the only, you know, it's the only tangible thing, right? Unless you record your show, which, which happens now occasionally more than it used to as far mm-hmm. as show getting preserved. Um, uh, but, you know, we did not. Uh, but uh, yes, but the recording will be there. I'm very proud. Yes. Yeah. I love the recording and it's totally like success is so up. for. It's such a odd word because it's hard to define it. And I feel like, Although, I guess the best way I would describe Mrs. Doubtfire was a success that wasn't a financial success. Right. Because everyone that saw the show, like eight shows, whoever, right. whoever went to that show, literally 
cried, laugh. Yeah. They, they were moved at the end. They all felt like they wanted to do some sort of good in the community mm-hmm. that they were in. It was like, it was literally, it was just so beautiful. And the work that was being presented on that stage every night by you, by Rob, by the kids, by everyone, yeah. it was just, it, it blew us away. Yeah. And it was just so amazing. So I think it was a huge success because I was obsessed with the show when I saw it. Um, but with that being said, this album is out and this cast recording you can listen to it you can hear this beautiful music um and i'm curious as a performer i don't know about you i don't like to listen to myself do you (laughs) on cast recordings and stuff like that do you listen to yourself do you listen to the songs or i mean i give it it? a listen because i do want to know yeah because ultimately you know, it's a strange experience. You go okay. into the, you know, you, you go into record. And of course that happens in various times. The, 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 the original cast recordings that I have made have mm-hmm. all happened at various times in the process. We recorded the producer's cool. cast album when we got back from Chicago before we started previews on Broadway. Uh, we recorded Jekyll and Hyde soon after we opened. We recorded, what else did I record? Big Fish soon after we opened but before we closed yeah um we went into the studio with doubtfire before we picked back up rehearsals in april trying to get my you know we had had opened officially december 5th 2021 we closed a month later because omicron got ridiculous so we closed to have a hiatus we reopened in april and finished out the run so the thing was, when we went in to record Doubtfire, we had been away from it for three months, right? Uh, three months, yeah. So that was a little wild going into the studio. But it was, you know, again, we had been doing it before. We, you know, it was, you know, about enough. And, and, and so it wasn't, uh, but it was, you know, again, you're trying to capture the, I feel as the actor, you're trying to capture the moment on stage with your voice, whatever that mm-hmm. means to you. The performance needs to be calibrated. Sure, there's a microphone in front of you, but 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 intent and style, whatever it means. I don't know, you know, blah blah blah. The words, but anyway. Um, so my point is, when we go in and we record something, you know, I'm I'm doing it. I'm trying to live it. We do it as many times as we do it. But honestly, when I leave, I'm not. I can't tell you like, oh, which take they're going to use, which, right. you know, did I sound as good as I thought I sounded, or maybe I sounded better, or maybe I sounded worse, or whatever. So, you know, I always want to give it a listen. I do not, like, put myself on repeat and right. and, and sit there and, you know, pine over the beauty. No, not at all. I You know, but I'll, and of course, I love hearing, you know, other people's style or whatever, or listening to the album. And I really, I gave Doubtfire a good solid listen yesterday from beginning to end. And it wasn't easy. It was hard a little bit. It was emotional. It was, you know, to hear it all again. And, and yeah, um, but I think it sounds terrific. I think it's really well mixed. And I think the score sounds good and the orchestration sound good. And then most importantly, um, uh, all of these performances, you know, our ridiculous ensemble, talented ensemble that, 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 you know, each in their own way, I hope on the album have just a little, you know, just a little something, at least much less, uh, you know, the numbers that they get to, that they're featured in. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think it sounds terrific. And uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it sounds terrific as well. And I think most importantly, you sound terrific. So that's what I, really matters. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a relatively easy sing, I gotta <laughs> yeah. say. 
Oh my god. Well, I I loved your performance specifically in Mrs. Doubtfire. I don't think it was talked about near enough. I mean, you were playing a queer character on stage, and I think that that's so cool. You were playing alongside Jay Harrison Gee, and uh, fantastic. You two had incredible energy and like chemistry and everything. Like you guys, your the audience's eyes just like gravitated to the two of you. Um, What was it like? I mean, my God, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, what's it like having like a co-star like him and Rob and and a scene partner that you're able to feed off of? Like, that? well, okay, so Jay, I mean Jay Harrison G is is such a well, he's a you know again I come back to he's such a wonderful person. You know, you mm-hmm. can't love working with someone if they're not a good person. I think you know what I mean, unless you like them as a person. You know what right. I mean? You know, you you can love their talent or think, oh, I'm maybe it's, uh, that's working for me on stage. But you know, if they're a schmuck off stage, uh, no. So, <laughs> right. so you know, in both Rob McClure's case and, and Jay's case, um, the Jay is just a light. He is a light. Is all I can say. He is about to be a major Broadway light, like a yeah. flashing star light, because he's about to open this fall opposite Christian Borel in a new version of Some Like It Hot, the musical of which I saw the workshop a couple months ago. And he's just phenomenal. I, I would have lost him anyway at Doubtfire because oh. obviously this was happening, but I couldn't be more excited for him. And yeah. um, so, uh, but, you know, you bring up that we're, you know, uh, that we're playing, you know, this gay couple, this openly queer, op- I mean, openly, there is no, I hope there's no more closed, to be honest. Yeah. With you. But the thing is, it's so funny because I never, I don't think about that until someone brings it up which I love in that way because I have been blessed to be a part of a community and live in a city, mm-hmm. you know, that, that embraces all of us and all of our lifestyles. And especially my God in this industry in musical theater, I mean, come on, right. you know? So anyway, my point is it was all about the relationship, right? Again. And so, and then Jay being the unique human being that he is and Jay's, uh, uh, fashion sense, his gender fluidity, if you will. And I don't want to start talking in terms that I could possibly not be, you know, but, but <laughs> Catherine Zuber, our designer, our costume designer, yeah. costumed him so beautifully and not within sort of also the realm of, of, of Jay's wardrobe. You know, I, sure. loved, I just waited for Jay to come to work every day to see what <laughs> he was wearing because, Aww. yeah. Um, so, you know, and then and then we had decided, I guess, and I don't know that we obviously talked about this with Catherine, but it was obvious to me that she thought it through that in this relationship that we had on stage, Frank and Andre, me mm-hmm. being Frank, him being Andre, it was Andre who did the shopping for the family. Because you can see that my character, Frank, who I am and who I was, would, in my mind, never have this kind of fashion sense or go buy these things for himself. But when your husband oh. says, honey, you look great in this and it compliments him well... I'm all like, great. So Mm -hmm. it was, and that's also similar to my own home life where my husband Uh, actually does have the fashion sense and is, so, you know, so again, um, the idea though, that we could embrace and be these people and tell that story, that part of our story, um, Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And it never seemed to be you know, I felt like an issue or pandered to, or that we were in any way, um, uh, caricatures or, Mm. you know, I felt like we were all real people, albeit in a heightened, it's a musical. It, uh, but, but, you know, it wasn't, um, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a thing. If, if we had to deal with anything as a show, we had to deal with the man, in a, in a dress issue that we are still dealing with and rightfully so, but story people, I see, I kept saying, you know, when it came to that story, this right. man is doing what he can to be with his family, whatever he can do to be with his family. There's no, you know, so anyway, but we won't go down that path, but, but, but anyway, um, right. but I do think, my God, I mean, look what just one best musical. I mean, I come know. on, we're, it's 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 great and it's and people are going to have a lot of opinions about it a lot of opinions sure. and you know what great bring yeah. them on because that's what should be happening in art and art should affect you and it should affect you one way or the other and if you hated it and you can't understand something then that's okay you don't have to understand you have to accept you have to yes. um uh, uh, uh you know not embrace but Whatever. You know what I'm saying? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I've been saying that like for the past few months on on here even. Like I feel like theater is a place to have uncomfortable conversations and spark those conversations that wouldn't be had otherwise. I mean you wouldn't – you're not going to go talk about uh, like a big black and queer American Broadway uh, musical unless you go see that show. Right. I mean, seriously. And so if it makes you uncomfortable, well, then it's doing your job. It's doing its job. And it's like, well, I mean, yes, exactly. And, you know, and and again, because what we do is purely subjective. So, you know, the way these stories are being told, the the, the style of of music and or storytelling, whatever, um, I, I get it. It's not everyone's bag. I understand that. Or maybe you need to see more of that or whatever it might be. I don't know. Um, but you know, my point is it's, you know, it's all good. It's not to the detriment of, right. you know what I mean? I don't feel like for whatever reason, Doubtfire did not commercially succeed and make money right now in a time when we're still bouncing back and our show needed a certain audience, our show needed, you know, I don't necessarily think our show was shunned in a way, you know what I mean? Or that people didn't want, I just think audiences are still, as we see, shows are having, you know, trouble and new shows and our show that stopped and started and could not get its legs. Had we been able to just open in December and continue, I believe we would still be running. My God, had we oh. opened, you know, with no COVID, well, no COVID. Who can live in a world with no COVID anymore? Amen. But I, I do. I believe that, you know, we probably would. But anyway, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the reality is, is that you're not going to please all audience members anyways. So, like, yeah. it's all good. We, You did it, and it was a success exactly. in my eyes. Look, I, and I, all your eyes. I always say another badge and onward because yes. that is what we do. And, and as much as I was hoping – 
you know, for many reasons, especially, you know, at the end of the day, look, it's a job. I just right. lost a really good paying job. At the yeah. end of the day, I looked at that the other day, I got off the elevator and I'm like, you know, I'm missing going to work and I'm, and I'm missing oh. the paycheck and I'm, and I'm like, oh my God. And I, I sort of tallied in my head, you know, people say, oh, I got a, you know, I got a, this hundred thousand dollars, however people make much people make. And I never think of how much I make a year because every year it's different. So I have mm-hmm. no, I don't have a $500,000 a year job or a $60,000 a year job because it's been both maybe, but anyway, you know, so that also the older I get is um, different because these opportunities are few and far between for all uh, of us to have a job on Broadway. The, 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 sure. the, the, the roles, the opportunities for Brad Oscar on Broadway at any given moment, just as they would be for anyone else, right? You can pick and you could say, I could do that show, I could do that show, I could do this show, whatever. You know? Right. And as a, you know, believe me, as a, you know, middle-aged character actor, right? There's only certain. So anyway, my point is when these things come along, and especially right now, after the last two years, I was looking forward to settling down at home with a pretty good paying job and, yeah. uh, you know, all those things. And here I am again, you know, unemployed. It's part of what you sign up for. And I've been very lucky to be doing it, but, 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 Absolutely. yeah, but the older I get sometimes I'm like, Oh my God, it never ends. <laughs> You're still looking for work. The only difference now is thank God our union has a fabulous pension plan. Right. But when you're hitting these numbers now, I can look ahead and believe me, I'm never going to retire, but at some right. point, um, and that's, that's a wonderful thing. I mean, that's something that I never thought of as a, as a younger performer, but right. now, um, you know, and so Real. again, the ways that I'm, you know, grateful that I've been able to do this, and one of the few ways that we have any money on the back end, because mm-hmm. live theater doesn't pay your residuals. You know, nope. my film and TV career has been limited to say the least, and so no residuals there really. And so, right at the end of the day, to have a union that provided me with a pension, which was something again as a youngster I never thought about, and so that's a good thing, and I. You know, and I say that to actors, too, because, you know, younger actors, too, who are who are starting out and, to, you know, and, and I know the union has had, you know, so many issues and it's such a difficult time. And, and you know, people, are, I think, sometimes have unrealistic expectations about what a union is actually or this union can actually do other than protect us when we get work in that way. And so, you know, anyway, right. um, yeah, I'm grateful for my pension. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's sure. real. It's it's real. So mm-hmm. um, that's great. Um, I'm curious because we were talking about COVID a little bit. Um, when I actually saw the show, Brad Oscar or sorry, Brad Oscar, Rob McClure comes out on stage, and um, he, he is in his Mrs. Doubtfire costume, obviously. And this, uh, these two people in the front row have their masks below their 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 mouth and their nose they it's on like their chin Uh and as he's walking on the stage and making us cross over to stage right um he kind of leans down and goes put your mask on dear in his little doubtfire voice Uh and Uh and now uh, it just like when i saw the show it just like aggravated me so much because like listen this is the rule if you want to go see a show Mm -hmm. you have to follow the rules if you don't then don't see the show and now we have an announcement this week that these face masks are going to be optional at broadway shows and at a time where that we're living in with covid being a thing and performers not really able to wear masks on stage like 
what are your thoughts here? Because it, it had a it had an impact on your show, obviously COVID, and and I just don't want to see more shows to have this impact. Yeah, yeah. Um, due to this option, uh, it's you know it's still a tricky. It's tricky. It really is. Uh, um, because needless to say, the the league or whatever mm-hmm. the consortium is called, uh, they're looking at it from a business standpoint, money right. and audiences and is that holding audiences back um the what interests me is that the decision was made without any consultation. you know consultation with right. equity or any of the other unions by the way too back to, i mean there's a lot of other people not just actors okay in the right. in the building right um so I had no problem with vaccination requirements going away because you know what at the end of the day that's your choice if we're both masked, uh, I'm going to be fine at the end of the day, and you're you're up to you. Uh, but but if we're both masked, you know, not an issue. I think not 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 an issue. But you know what I mean. The, the percentages, for sure. Um, so yeah, I. Huh, it's like restaurants. I'm still so met so met so I'm going and eating inside because the numbers yeah. are still high. It's very contagious. I'm I'm boosted, double boosted, blah blah blah. Thank God willing, right? We're not going to get sick, but. In our environment now, our union still says 10 days. If you test positive, you're out for 10 days. So right. that's, you know. With no pay. No, 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 no. That's not true at all. No, 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 no. You okay. get paid, you get paid, you get paid. You get paid, no, you get paid for your entire, no. If you get COVID and you're out for 10 days, you get paid. I can't Got tell it. you exactly what those numbers are. I'm not saying you get your full salary, but, right. oh, no. No, that was, okay. I mean, yes, we have language and a lot of language in place now for COVID protocols and that of course being got it because for a while it was only you only got paid for a week eight performances but the union was saying you had to be out for 10 days so right. that wasn't really fair because it because after a week most people were fine especially if, if you're vaxxed right um but are you still contagious and in the cdc it said five days so i don't know so anyway um the idea of audiences yeah having the choice uh, and I know many of them still will because I think theater goers in general, I'm making yes. generalization, but tend to be respectful of rules like that because we do know how special it is to be able to gather, right? Especially when you're paying that kind of money. Um, right. So, uh, I, yeah, I think if I were working right now, so yes, that should be my position, is is that I wouldn't be so happy. I wouldn't be yeah. so keen on this because – we're all walking off stage and putting our masks on. Right. Entire crew, wardrobe, front of house, everybody, you know, is and and will continue to be, I believe, even after this rule is lifted for audiences, you can bet your backstage isn't going to change because it's right. just as contagious. So we're just as screwed. It's like nothing, you know, the world wants to move on. And in many ways, a lot of our society can because many people, if they do get this, a, they're going to be fine, hopefully because they're vaccinated, and B, they'll take a day or two or whatever they need, but then they're going to go back out in the world, whether they're contagious or not, not knowing whether they're contagious or not. So, right. you know, although for the vaccinated, the, that window is a much smaller window, my knowledge, and God knows we've been, mm-hmm. you know, we've had so many seminars about this over the last, you know, well, six months, year, whatever. So, so you know, it's still very complicated. But at the end of the day, um, uh, because of the way it affects us, uh, uh, not just health wise, but, but just the way it can shake up a production and right. could shut down a production. And there's no denying that, that we're all going to be then in that space, sharing that space together, no matter how ventilated, well ventilated it is. 
for two and a half to three hours. And so, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a question. It's a question. And it's definitely sparked a lot of conversations everywhere uh, throughout this. Yes. And let's also not forget, though, that national tours have been doing this for months now. Yeah. Playing in front of unmasked audiences all over this great country of ours. In a different state, like every week. It's crazy. So, Um, so that has, has worked, I guess you could say in quotes. That hasn't, we haven't heard of mass, oh my God, an entire audience that, you know, well, it should be Mamma Mia. If if a whole audience should get sick, they should be having to watch Mamma Mia. But anyway, what I'm saying is, yeah, we haven't heard of any, um, uh, uh, you know, giant, you know, break as far as that goes. So I yes. guess we just have to try to move forward. Somehow. Absolutely. Yeah. I just want to say, you know, for those of you listening, if you are going to see Broadway shows, please consider at least putting your mask on. I know it is optional. And if you plan on like not wearing your mask, then that's your choice and that's okay. But please do consider and think about, you know, the performers yeah. and how if they get COVID or if you get COVID and someone next to you get COVID and then everyone has to like test to make sure because the contact tracing and all of that, like it just opens a whole can of worms. So like consider wearing your mask, please. Um, no. I know it's optional, please, but you do you. Please don't give Hugh Jackman COVID for the fifth time. Oh please God, don't. We can't yeah, take it anymore. Matt is a star as well. So uh, all and that's in. just uh, the, shining. the fact that, you know, that Matt Doyle wins his Tony on Sunday night and, yes. and then Max oh is his partner is on as, as Harold Hill on Tuesday night. It's just, a, it's like a TV show. It's, it's a, like a it's movie. what I it's love like, about this business. It's oh, fabulous. It's so they're brilliant. both terrific gentlemen who I adore. So I couldn't be oh. happier for both of them. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Well, I have to talk to you. I would be remiss if I didn't talk to you about something rotten because your performance in this is just literally iconic. I'm, as I mentioned, obsessed with your performance in especially <laughs> it's a musical. Uh, it's just so exciting. So mm-hmm. that role of the Nostradamus actually earned you your second Tony nomination. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you talk about Matt Joyo and winning a Tony and everything like does it ever get old? Like I know you were already nominated once oh, before. God. No, I mean, but it's, yeah, no, I mean, almost. It ne- I mean, no, later. it never gets. Oh my God, are you kidding? It never gets old. It's, it's, you know, it, it's. I mean, look, it is what it is. I'm not saying it's the be all end all. Like I got into this business to win a Tony, but as far as no. you know, being acknowledged by your peers in that way and being part of a thing. I mean, look, as I said, it, it, you know, these last couple weeks were were hard because we mm-hmm. were. Uh, you open any show and you hope to be a part of that Tony parade if you will and just be included in the mix you know mm-hmm. i'm not talking about wins so so it's it was hard because it's much easier to be embraced than not right. to be so yes it never gets old it was and is still like a huge honor and yeah and it's um yeah it's quite a ride i mean as far yeah. as that you know yeah that window of from nomination <laughs> to to performance to, to, to the yeah. the night of the tonys is um is exhausting, especially yeah. the second time. The first time I was nominated was with the producers back in 2001. And as yes. you know, back in 2001, media, well, I mean, it's almost like there was no media considering, I mean, we had cable and everything, but we didn't all have, we had no smartphones. So all I'm saying is there were a couple Tony events. Mm-hmm. There were some, I did some interviews, whatever. Something rotten. 2015, and it's only gotten worse since. I, I saw Matt oh Doyle two weeks before, a week or two before Tony's, 
And oh. he was, I mean, I, we saw each other through a window and I was like, how, I said, how are you? I'm out. He's like, I'm exhausted. I said, I know, hang on. Because you're doing all oh. these events now, all this media, <clears throat> all these parties or whatever. And you're doing your show eight times a week for Tony <laughs> voters every night. So you're going out there every night knowing that, okay, there are voters here to see this performance that I've been nominated for. I'm just trying to do the show. I'm exhausted yeah. because I was at Brown or whatever it might be. You know, it's a dog and pony show. But it's a lot more than it was, uh, uh, you know, years ago as media sure. and saturation of that has, has uh, you know, become such a thing, which is, you know, good for the theater. Obviously, we can't get enough press. Mm -hmm. but, um, but, yeah, with something rotten, believe me, I couldn't wait. That, that final week, I was ready for it to be over. I mean, I was just ready to get back to – my normal life of just doing the show eight times a week. Let what happened, yeah. what was going to happen, happen. You know, of course, there's that anxiety of like, could this really happen? Could I win a Tony? You know, the whole thing. Right. Part of, you know, it's 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 thrilling, of course. But um, but yeah, yeah, it's quite a ride. It's amazing, mm. and it's so funny. I actually. I oftentimes compare your performance in Something Rotten to like James Monroe Iwalhart's performance in Aladdin because sure. they're just like those incredible, like thrilling, upbeat numbers that you yeah, just don't forget. Like, yeah, friend like sure. me, and it's a musical sure. and everything. Like, you, you were just incredible in that role, and all that recognition in 2015 was so well deserved. I mean, what's so, so great about, about the, you know, both of those numbers in a way is that there's such yeah. celebrations of the musical in that way. You know I mean? A, a musical literally, you know, and I was afraid it was going to be too, too meta, too nudge, nudge, wink, wink, look at us, you know, sending up if you will, or, or tri paying tribute to, uh, you know, all of these musicals. But what was so brilliant, you know, conceptually about that show is that I was foreseeing all of this. It gave us, you know, it gave us, I believe, the license, storytelling-wise, to then explode in this orgasm of, you know, musical theater to come, if you will. Right. And um, But we were amazed that it played as well as it played. We oh, did yeah. a, the first time we ever did it in front of more than just the, the little, the, the, the workshop we'd done, you know, in the room, which is only going to be you know, 50 people max maybe. And that's great, but it's not an audience. Yeah. So we did a group sales presentation at the, um, what's it called? The theater on 42nd street. Now it was the little Schubert and New world stages. No, no, no. On 42nd. Um, it's where the fiddler, the Yiddish fiddler was. And it's, um, I don't know. They change the name of it all the time. I feel like it's got a name now. But anyway, we did our group sales presentation there and it seats, whatever, maybe well, less than 500 cause it's off Broadway. But, oh, my God, the audience of group sales. So they're theater people to begin with. Right. Just erupt. It was crazy. And we were like, I wow, that was fun. And then we got it before, you know, our invited dress and then our first preview. And <sighs> we kept thinking this is going to stop because it's just our friends. It's just excitement. It's just something. It's not this can't happen nightly. And it for a while, as far as like people standing at the end of the number, it it was crazy. It happened for a while. It didn't last forever. It, it, it did slow, you know, whatever. But man, it was a while. And Brian and I, Brian Darcy James, the great Brian Darcy. James, yes. And I would stand there because, you know, down center with this extraordinary ensemble that it really oh. they are the heart of that. Not they are the number. And <laughs> and and this extraordinary ensemble, though, of, 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 of veterans, too, with that show. No one auditioned for that ensemble. 
Casey Nicolau wow. cast that ensemble based on his wow. life in the theater. Because God bless, he'd been doing it for a long time and as an actor, wow. dancer, <clears throat> and now at this point was doing what he was doing. Oh, yeah, since the early 90s. That's right. Am I wrong, Casey? No, maybe later than that. But anyway, certainly, yeah. um, no, later than that. God, he's gonna, if he hears he's going to be like, what, early 90s? But anyway, um, so yeah, it was a joy. And we, Brian and I would stand there at the end because we, we were holding each other. And so yeah. it was on us to break the applause. That was a great thing, too. Usually in the it's on the conductor <laughs> to lead back in the end and for the playoff. The number ended. And what happened after the audience finally stopped singing was Brian said, do you really think it'll work? You know, <laughs> and got a huge laugh again, right? And then we did totally. the playoff. Yeah, sometimes it works so well, you do the end of the same song again, and then we had the playoff. <laughs> but it was, That's yeah, it was so joyous. And so, you know why? It was also unexpected. People did not oh. know what to expect. Who the hell names a show? Something rotten. rotten. Um, no one knew anything about it. And yeah. so, yeah, people said, you know, because uh, the producers was such a special, also an amazing experience, right? The audience response to that show was extraordinary. But yeah, they came in with expectations. Mel Brooks, mm. Stroman, Nathan Lane, Matthew Broderick, there were expectations. Something wrong? Right. No. What? So, yeah, the fact that the show delivered them in the way that it did um, was so brilliant. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, you know, I wish, you know, in my mythical world, the show, you know, ran for 10 years and I would still get to, you know, go do it for six months. Everyone's yeah. to refuel my soul and give me the best gay cardio I ever had in yeah. my life. So, um, oh my god, yeah. that's hilarious! Yeah. No, yeah. literally, that's like that show is literally every theater goer's like dream musical. And again, like, being done—I love it. Being done all over, being done. Oh yeah, you know, dinner Boring. theaters in high school and community theater, and I have friends who are doing. Uh, please, the great Kathy Fitzgerald. I don't know if you know Kathy Fitzgerald. Um, and I'm going to say nice things about her because this is being recorded. You know how I really feel about you, Kathy, and I swear to God, one day. No. Um, Kathy Fitzgerald, original cast member of The Producers, great Madam Marvel, Forever and Wicked, um, oh. ton of stuff. Adore her. Nine to five. Kathy just played Nostradamus in Phoenix and directed, Sorry. I believe. So what I love about that role is it can be played by anyone any age, any, yeah, he's a daffy old man. He just needs to be, he doesn't need to be. That's just it. He just needs to be, he, he it, the, they need to just be whatever that crazy is. Right. And the role totally supports that. That's so exciting. I love that it's having its own little company moment. I like it. Uh, <laughs> well, Brad, this is just a wonderful place to end. And I can't believe that we have to end because we haven't even talked about half your resume. I mean, you're, you're just an absolute star. You've done endless amount of stuff on Broadway. Just to name off a few, I just want to tell the people if they don't know already. You may have seen Brad in The Producers, The Adams Family, Big Fish, Nice Work If You Can Get It, The Adams Family, Spam a lot. Oh my God. <laughs> Jacqueline High, Aspect of Love, and Mrs. Doubtfire and Something Rotten, of course. So, I mean, you're just like, you're everywhere and you're almost, you're, the next show you do is going to be your 10th Broadway show. And I don't think much more needs to be said. It's just absolutely insane. And you deserve all every bit of any recognition and job that you get. It's seriously, it, you're just incredible and you're a joy to watch on stage. So, thank you so much for coming on. And, uh, Take a bow, Brad Oscar.
Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I had such a great time. I think the conversation was really, really fascinating. Um, I, again, I, I don't mean to get too political. So if I did, I apologize. But I think the conversation was necessary. I think it was wonderful. I'm super ha- happy with um, how this podcast kind of went because I know it's different from most of the others because really we usually just talk about like we go and show order and talk about stories and blah, blah, blah. This stuff, we we had a mix. We we were talking about shows and we were talking about current events things and, and we were talking about the impact that shows have. And I just think it was awesome. And just to chat theater, like we literally chatted theater. We talked about theater for 45 minutes and it wasn't just about Brad Oscar. It was about Broadway and it was about theater and it was about the industry as a whole. So I I, th- I think it's awesome and I hope that you all learned something. I hope that you all enjoyed it. Um, I also want to mention that there's a wonderful event going on at Times Square this weekend uh, with Broadway people. I unfortunately will be unable to attend this event. Uh, it's going to be right in the heart of Times Square. It's going to be by the TKTS booth. Um, you all should probably know where that is. Um, it, it's on like 47th street and broadway uh the avenue so go check that out it's going to be featuring all kind of broadway people it's a pride event so it's they're celebrating pride month um and shout out to all of our pride guests especially this month all of our guests so far have been uh of the queer and lgbtq community so um shout out to all y'all and um, thank you for, for joining me. So next week, we have another one to, to end Pride Month. And happy Pride Month to all of you once again. And uh, hopefully you can check out that wonderful event that's going on because you're going to be seeing Broadway people. You're going to be seeing live performances from Broadway folks. Uh, it's just going to be a, a great event. And it's another thing that Broadway is doing to bring everyone together to celebrate a wonderful, wonderful community and a wonderful month. So Thank you again for listening to this week's episode. I hope that you all come back next week. And until then, have a great week. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Oh, my God. Don't just have a great week. For this episode's curtain call, I would like to recognize a few people who also deserve to take a bow. This podcast would not be possible without the help from Dory Berenstein, Brittany Bigelow, Katie Rosen, Alan Seals, and the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. Next in line to take a bow is Tessie Tokash, who edits the audio and all the visuals for this podcast. A special thanks to patrons Brian Thompson, Pat McNamara, the listeners at PCC, as well as all of the other patrons for their continued support. If you're interested in becoming a patron, go to patreon.com TAB. And if you enjoyed this week's episode, don't forget to subscribe on the platform that you're currently listening to this on. Also, feel free to give us a follow on Instagram at TakeAboutPodcast. TakeAbout's logo is designed by Giselle Bustos, and the music is by Nikki Torsha and Cormac Collinon. Bye, everyone. Hope to see you next week. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. 
laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.